Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And it's one of those things that you... She's she's come to where she she knows she can call on me to get understanding of some of the things that she's encountering and some of the things that she doesn't quite understand even in the Bible. So, uh, so, wow. so that kind of, she wasn't as excited about reading this as she wasn't as excited as her husband was. He was more interested than she was. Really really into the Bible right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm a little concerned that, you know, she's going to get too much fundamentalism and, and not, not mm-hmm. see past it. And, uh, but, you know, I'll continue to work with her. However, you know, however it comes up. So, yeah. Know, there's a it. danger in taking the Bible literally. <laughs> well, there is, there, there really is. <laughs> hey, I, I did 30 plus years and I'm okay. <laughs> hey there, Reverend Kelly. Well, some, some, are, some are more strong-willed than others. <laughs> um, I was like on the conservative of the conservative end of the Bible people. So. Yeah. Really? Oh my God. That is so cool, though. I mean, because you've come over to this side <laughs> yeah, to, to the point like my the college i was at we had we had mandatory church twice on sundays twice mandatory chapel three times during the week girls had to wear skirts on the days we had chapel um you you could only hold hands with your boyfriend if you there was like you couldn't ki- you couldn't even kiss like in private you weren't supposed to kiss anything um not even in private oh <laughs> No, there was, it, it was when, when, the, when the pastor says you may now kiss your wife, that meant this is the time now that it's acceptable for you to kiss her. Wow. Yeah. No drinking, no dancing, no swearing. Couldn't even say you thought you might be gay because then you'd get expelled. You thought you might be, you couldn't even say that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, no. I, I went, yeah. Yeah. So. Wow. So you know, it can work out, Jack. Never fear. <laughs> oh, I'm not worried about it. <laughs> asking questions, you know, then uh, should be all right. It, it's just a matter. Of, I don't. I don't really care for my kids to to get as in. I guess is exposed to a lot of the fundamental stuff that yeah. that I was. So I'm. Um, yeah. I'm a little bit protective that way <laughs> with. Because uh, I'm just afraid that they're going to get exposed to things. Well, there's a Nathan. My good. Hello, Jack. Jack. Hey, Nathan. (laughs) Morning. Long time, buddy. Hi, Susan. Hi. Kelly. Morning. Morning, Nathan, you have a lustrous head of hair. (laughs) Thank you. Yes. 
illumined, illumined <laughs> hair. <Yeah. laughs> That's his halo. <laughs> can, can you wet it and sling it back or something? Yeah. See what that looks like. <laughs> I keep my tail tucked in my pants, though. So okay. Are you dirty? How was your trip to? You go to Mexico? Yeah, I did. I just got back last night. Yeah. Oh, how was it? Well, it's always good. It's always interesting. Yeah, it was mostly a business trip. It wasn't a pleasure. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I thought you were going for pleasure. <laughs> Well, it's always nice if you can work that in too. Yeah, yeah. You might as well make them both the same. You know, work is better. Yeah. yeah. What part of Mexico? Uh, Guadalajara and San Miguel de Allende. Oh. Was this Dairy Queen business? No, it's legal real estate business. Oh, okay. Hope you're making lots of money. No, actually, I've been giving up uh, lots of real estate. That's what it was all about. It was all about. It burned oh, over wow. to the Yeah, so yeah. I'm over my uh, uh, interests in 10 years' worth of real estate down there. Yeah. Wow. Um, so, there you go. How are you doing, Steve? Mm-hmm. Enjoying the more you give, you get, right? Huh? I said, the more you give, the more you get. You're saying this is this is divorce settlement, is that correct? Yes, that's, that's that's correct. Was that hard to give up? No, actually, that was really easy. And that was a good lesson that the course has taught me. You know, uh, uh, giving and receiving are one. It was that was a beautiful lesson and uh, mm-hmm. of non attachment. And uh yeah. it uh really was. Good, Nathan. I'm glad yeah, to hear that. I, I wasn't when I divorced. My mom, I had two houses. Well, we had had two houses. We had already lost one by the time we divorced. But the second house, literally, I had drawn a floor plan and <laughs> found a architect and been like, build, my, build me my house. Mm-hmm. So this house had, I mean, like a three-person jetted bathtub, oversaw the bathroom. I mean, it was gorgeous. Wow. And my mom said to me when I divorced, she goes, yeah, I have the feeling you're, you're more upset about the house than the husband. And I said, you know, <laughs> the house never did me wrong. So. <laughs> at the time, I was just like, I was so pissed at him still. I was like, <laughs> it, it's all for healing. That's all it is. It's all yeah. for healing and letting go. Yeah. Hi, Brian. I learned it eventually, but that the, the, when I first sold the house, it was not easy. <laughs> yeah. well, we, we built two houses there in Guadalajara and, and those, those several other apartments and, and commercial. It's I'm glad to be gone out of there myself, you know, so it, uh, time to move on. So is that, does that mean you no, no longer have a place in Mexico? No, in Guadalajara, that chapter, that 10-year uh, doctoral course of intercultural studies is, is, is over, yeah. Okay. So San Miguel, I always have San Miguel. Oh, my God, I have my book. <laughs> <laughs>
Like I said, we're just here for a social hour. That's great. <laughs> hey, Nathan. Yeah. Hey, Nathan, how, how long have you been involved in the course? I don't know. Seven, ten years, maybe. Really? Seven or ten. It's almost like doing time in uh, some sort of middle, middle ward or something. You know? <laughs> Well, you look at it however you need to. <laughs> well, I'm just acknowledging the fact of the insanity that runs rampant in this, this world of form. That's all. God, I feel like I got out of a mental ward yeah. by getting involved with the course. Yeah. <laughs> Again. What page are we on anyway? Anybody know? Yeah. 569. Okay, mm -hmm. that's right. Actually, I need to back up. Yeah. After 29. Six. <clears throat> yes. <clears throat> what page are you on, Susan? 740. Great. Thank you. I say mm -hmm. pocket 611, but I don't think anybody here is on pocket edition. Yeah, I am. Oh, you are. Okay. Pocket 611, then. Okay. Well, I'm going to say, I'm I had a very busy week. Um, we'll see how this very goes. Week. I'm excited I'm leaving tomorrow for four days to go see my parents. Yay! Well, yeah. Are they up north? What's that? Are they north? No, are they? they're um, outside Vegas, like an hour outside Vegas. Okay. Oh. So we're actually going to go to like the Siegfried and Roy secret gardens with the white tigers and all that. So fly in and, um, my mom loves tigers, so. Three days there and come back. Um, so that I'm really excited about. This week has been really difficult. I'm, st I'm still like, I'm going, okay, apply, apply the course, apply the course. Um, and nothing's decided right now, but Sunday. Um, um, and I've talked to a person and they said, no, they had the same understanding I did. But... Sunday, Reverend Tony comes up and goes, oh, by the way, I'm talking to a couple of people that want to become the assistant minister. In other words, like, they might be, they might, I might not be staying on. At all? Well, I would still do the class, but that would be it. What? What? So I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't know what's going on. I messaged somebody else because he was like, no, we didn't make a decision. And I messaged one of the other board members. I said, I thought we made a decision. And he goes, we made a decision. He goes, I don't. The decision was we were keeping you on remotely, but apparently there's now movement to not keep me on remotely. Mm. So, um, but uh, Reverend, Reverend Kelly, Kelly you, you have that understanding from anyone but Reverend Tony. The board, um, we, had, we had a board meeting. Me well, you know, remotely was discussed at our board retreat. Yeah. Rev Reverend Tony only made a comment. He, he, this decision's already been made to keep you on, though. Yeah, but he's like interviewing people and talking about not keeping me on. Yeah, but Reverend Kelly, you know that if this is not to be, it's meant not to be because another door is going to open for you. you. Know this? Like brain knows that emotions are still not settled. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And and, and, and so then, people are like, well, you, it might still work out. And I said, but even if it works out now, I feel like I can't trust what I'm told. So I'm, I'm just, I'm in a weird place. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm sorry. 
Yeah, I mean, I, and, and honestly, now I'm kind of like, I'm not sure if I want to stay on. If this is how it's going to be, mm-hmm. like, oh, if somebody else expressed interest, you're going to dump me. Yeah. I'm like, now I'm, I'm not even sure what I want to do. Yeah. So, um, a conversation needs to be had. That's great. Yeah. We've, we've had some of this conversation, and I've just been kind of told, well, we'll see what happens. No, that's not how we live our lives. Well, <laughs> I'm moving forward right now with, <laughs> One, I'm returning the computer because I, I spent over a thousand dollars on a computer so I could do this job. So wow. I'm, I'm, so I'm returning the computer today and I'm going to kind of make a decision while I'm, I, I need time away where I'm not emotionally tied into yeah. it. You know? Yeah. So, um, I'm kind of hoping while I'm on this vacation to get some clarity mm-hmm. what I want to do, whether I want to wait and see or if I just want to tell them, forget it. And either yeah. way, I'm going to Washington. I still get to teach you guys, but. It just, Ask the Holy Spirit for guidance. Yeah. This yeah. is a great time to visit your parents. Because yeah. Getting away from the situation would be yeah. the best thing. Yeah. Gosh, you know, it's, it's so strange. I'm, I'm the Reverend Tony would come out like that, you know, just. <laughs> um, and he tends to be forgetful and he tends, I mean, I love him to pieces. Um, he tends to get very panicky when there's change. He, he very much, he's got a lot, a lot of quote, quote, mental health issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what's coming into play is in his mind, like this is not going to work and it's going to be catastrophic. And um, I, I think he's, he's just not working rationally, but it's, you know, I, I, I need to decide what I'm going to do and, and see what spirit wants me to do. So yeah. then um, I'm glad I'm going to go see my parents for a few days. <laughs> Friend. Yeah, so that's where I'm at. I'm in a little bit of a funk. I'm I'm tired because I'm I'm just haven't slept well for like three days. So oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. So it is, you know. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like my mom. I said to my mom, I said this is so bad. I said after Los after I went to everything I did with Los Angeles, I'm kind of like as long as I still have my parents to talk to and I got my dog, I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? Actually, you are okay as long as you're Yeah, I'm okay without them, too. But, you know, I mean, that was really, like, for me, that's, like, the two people who've, who've always demonstrated love to me. It was my dog and my parents. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, I, I'll just go into the course. I know I'm okay no matter what. Financially, I'm okay. I mean, it's, I mean, I need to Uber, like, two days a week, and that's it. So, if I have no other income. So, I'm okay, but it just was kind of a... Shock. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, and, and, and you know, and I was, I was surprised. Now, even though I had four members, member, we thought a decision was made. Mm-hmm. They apparently aren't having that conversation with Reverend Tony. So no. I'm like, it, it's just, but, it's a weird. So I, I'm a little off, and I'm a little tired, but. And I'm glad you're here with us right now. Huh? I'm glad you're here with us right now. Me too. Mm-hmm. Me too. And I have my favorite coffee mug. I got this at the Emerald. <laughs> <laughs> Last time I went with my parents to Vegas. There's a M and M store in Las Vegas. The back side says yellow because on this side is the M and M, and on the back side it says yellow. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah this is we because i work thanksgiving and i work christmas so my dad's birthday is on the 12th so i always go visit him oh your dad's birthday is on the 12th yeah, yeah. <laughs> yay how are you brian 
Good. I'm, enough. It's 10 after. We can skip me. I'm fine. No, go ahead. <laughs> everything is fine. Everything is good. Am I supposed to read the book or talk about myself? If you want to talk about yourself, we would love <laughs> you to talk about yourself. It's all <laughs> sections, but they're all like the longest section today is two pages. Okay. Cool. Um, I'm great. I have a Christmas tree that doesn't have lights on it yet. <laughs> lights on the tree, and there's a lot of dates going on right now and Christmas parties, and it's a little bit overwhelming. So yeah. my mom's coming to visit, which I'm really excited about. She'll be here for a week. Yeah. I'll be great. Yay! And she loves lobster, and I think I found a restaurant to surprise her with and take her to lobster dinner one night here in LA. Yay. Oh, that is going to be so awesome. Where um, is she coming yeah. from? She's coming from Ohio. Oh, wait, you guys, I was on a podcast that thousands and thousands and thousands of people listen to, and all these people are coming after me to be my client, and I'll share it with you, and I talk about lots wow. of things. Very, very cool. Oh, congratulations. It was really cool. I was really excited, and I, hadn't, I didn't know it was coming out. It suddenly was out, and I was like, what's, what's going on? And then all of a sudden, it was awesome. I'll, I'll share it with you guys. I'm really okay. proud of it. And I keep getting messages of people being like, this was incredible, and awesome. <laughs> Wow. Congratulations. That sounds great. I'm pretty excited. If you can't tell. (laughs) (laughs) Where's Benjamin today? Benjamin is on a plane. So I think that means he's coming back to the U.S. I'm assuming, but I'm not positive. He was going to be on a plane. Yeah, he could be running away from his family. <laughs> yeah, so he's not here. And then, of course, we know Deb is on her way to the next class. So, yeah, joining the Wednesday night class. And um, they do know now, they're, everybody now knows they'll be on Zoom starting January 1st. So that's good. Um, and all the classes, by the way, all the classes, ACAM2 and all, is all going to Zoom as of January 1st. So okay, that is so no, no phone classes? So was this a decision made by that same council? Yes. <laughs> However, I'm the one implementing it and I have control over it. So <laughs> the the council seems to be good. It's you know, it's like the the rogue the rogue reverend. <laughs> Interesting board of directors. I will say that. And and they're very proud that we're so diverse, but we literally have eight people. We were talking about this a couple days ago. We're like, we literally have every sexual orientation on the board. We have three females, five males. Mm -hmm. We've got five different nationalities. There's a gap of over 30 years from the youngest to the oldest. I mean, we go from, I tend to be the fairly conservative one to Everything in between, those of you on Facebook know Roxy. I mean, and it's everything in between. We've got a guy who's a property man, property owner. He owns a bunch of properties in San Francisco, but then does Mick Jagger imitation concert performances. Um, <laughs> we have me and Tony are ministers full time. We have a special ed teacher. We have a guy who works on HIV awareness for the city. Um, we have one person who's a massage therapist. I mean, we've got the weirdest, most diverse group of board of directors you could ever imagine. Oh, I think that's so awesome. 
it's interesting. It's nice in the sense of we all bring, you know, we all, and we all interpret even the course different. And some of, some, some of them love way of mastering, love, love, way, you know, course of love. Some of us have never touched either of those. Really? Um, so yeah, so it's like we bring this whole huge diversity, which is good because we get kind of like every perspective, but at times it can get really ugly. <laughs> <laughs> um, everybody's very vocal. Everybody's very opinionated. Um, I've sat in meetings where I've had to say, like, guys, I, I literally can't hear you because you're talking so loudly. And at the same time. And at the same time. You've got to freak it out. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it's an interesting board. But actually, for those of you who are supporting members and on the, or, or on the healing team, which is a supporting member, mm -hmm. um, you will get our Christmas card. It's mm -hmm. of our entire board. So you'll see all, all eight of us. Oh, awesome. I love that. Oh, and thanks for the birthday card. That was really awesome. sweet. <laughs> Do you just have a birthday, Lydia? Oh, in September, but like I kept the card. The card's right there. So. <laughs> yeah, this is the birthday card. The Sunday service, and everybody signs it. And oh that is that is so nice a couple of you who aren't supporting members yet you'll get that next year when you do become a supporting member because you got you gotta be a member ac and Dan. yay okay changeless dwelling place like i said it's not a long reading so we can chat a little extra um it's me brian jack lydia nathan susan so me brian jack lydia nathan susan mm -hmm. okay let me Mute, 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 mute. Okay, and Brian, I'm gonna leave you unmuted because you're just right after me, so. That's a short paragraph. Um, there is a place in you where this whole world has been for forgotten. Woohoo! Where no memory of sin and of illusion lingers still. There is a place in you which time has left and echoes of eternity are heard. There is a resting place so still, no sound except a hymn to heaven, rises up to gladden God the Father and the Son, where both abide are. Or where both abide are, they remembered, are they remembered both. That is so wordy. Okay. And where they are is heaven and is peace. Think not that you can change their dwelling place, for your identity abides in them, and where they are forever must you be. The changelessness of heaven is in you, so deep within that nothing in the world but passes by unnoticed and unseen. The still infinity of endless peace surrounds you gently in its soft embrace, so strong and quiet, tranquil in the might of its creator. Nothing can intrude upon the sacred Son of God within. Here is the role the Holy Spirit gives to you who wait upon the Son of God and would behold him, waken, and be glad. He is a part of you and you of him because he is his father's son and not for any purpose you may see in him. Nothing is asked of you but to accept the changeless and eternal that abide in him, for your identity is there. The peace in you can but be found in him, and every thought of love you offer him but brings you near to your awakening, to peace eternal and to endless joy. This sacred son of God is like yourself, the mirror of his father's love for you, the soft reminder of his father's love by which he was created and which still abides in him as it abides in you. Be very still and hear God's voice in him 
and let it tell you what his function is. He was created for only the complete can be a part of God's completion, which created you. Hmm. There is no gift the Father asks of you, but that you see in all creation, but the shining glory of his gift to you. Behold his Son, his perfect gift in whom his Father shines forever, and to whom is all creation given as his own. Because he has it, is it given you, and where it lies in him, behold your peace. The quiet that surrounds you dwells in him, and from this quiet come the happy dreams in which your hands are joined in innocence. These are not hands that grasp in dreams of pain. They hold no sword, for they have left their hold on every vain illusion of the world. And being empty, they received instead a brother's hand in which completion lay. If you but knew the glorious goal that lies beyond forgiveness, you would not keep hold on any thought, however light the touch of evil on it may appear to be. For you would understand how great the cost of holding anything God did not give in minds that can direct the hand to bless and lead God's son unto his father's house. Would you, would you not want to be a friend to him created by his father as his home? If God esteems him worthy of himself, would you attack him with the hands of hate? Who would lay bloody hands on heaven itself and hope to find its peace? Your brother thinks he holds the hand of death. Believe him not, but learn instead how blessed are you who can release him just by offering him yours. A dream is given you in which he is your savior, not your enemy in hate. A dream is given you in which you have forgiven him for all his dreams of death. A dream of hope you share with him instead of dreaming evil, separate dreams of hate. Why does it seem so hard to share this dream? Because unless the Holy Spirit gives the dream its function, it was made for hate and will continue in death's services. Each form it takes in some way calls for death. And those who serve the Lord of death have come to worship in a separated world each with his tiny spear and rusted sword to keep his ancient promises to die. <laughs> such, <clears throat> such is the core of fear in every dream that has been kept apart from use by him who sees a different function for a dream. When dreams are shared, they lose the function of attack and separation, even though it was for this that every dream was made. Yet nothing in the world of dreams remains without the hope of change and betterment. For here is not where changelessness is found. Oops. Let us be glad indeed that this is so, and seek not the eternal in this world. For giving dreams are means to step aside from dreaming of a world outside yourself, and leading finally beyond all dreams unto the peace of everlasting life. Yay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, the cat's got something to say. 
Can you interpret for us? <laughs> you know, I like that last paragraph. Uh, when it says um, that sentence, I think it's the second sentence, it says, when dreams are shared, they lose the function of attack and separation. Even though it's, it was for this that every dream was made. That, that is, is so important because one of the things that we, at least I find myself often doing, I find others doing with me, is reluctancy to just share what's going on. And, and it's, it's, it's like I've seen in several circumstances when it, you see it on shows um, where, where people, if they would just say what's on their mind, say what they're thinking, uh, say, say what's really going on with them, it would end so much of the, uh, the disillusionment and, uh, and the, uh, I guess you could say the, uh, um, those thoughts that we have <laughs> that could be easily settled if somebody would just say something, <laughs> you know, just share. Jack, I totally agree. And I had this conversation with, um, with my mom, but also with Jim. Um, I, I know that like sometimes we feel um, a judgment towards someone that we keep to ourselves and we think they don't know about it, but we all feel when someone's judging us, we know it. We so, know it. <laughs> so the thing is, if you just came out with it, like, um, then you could get it out there and then the person could say, well, you know, I, I, I see where you're coming from, but I'm not like that. Or, you know, this is why I did it. And it could be, I mean, we always project um, motivations and reasons for other people's behavior that we are just projecting because we don't really know. And if we're judging them for their behavior, if we would just like be honest and get it out there, mm -hmm. we could share this and then it could be done with. Yeah. The, the, the danger is it's an ego uh, 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 looking at another ego, and it's always going to be wrong. Uh, the, the sharing business, I don't know, I'll be a little devil's advocate here. Mm -hmm. It depends, again, on the identity question. If you're sharing from who you really are, that's, mm -hmm. that's, that's, that's true. Otherwise, I'm just telling you my bullshit from my ego. Oh, it's my story. <laughs> You know what happened? You know, and I got violins playing, and everybody's. Just... So, so there's two types of sharing, as I see it. You know, one's just going to dig you deeper into the dream. Yeah. Uh -huh. Without a doubt. I think the uh, a lot of times I, I agree because there's there's even times that I'm even aware that it would be a good time to share, but I'm. Uh, I kind of get that reluctancy to do so simply because I think it might cause more problems. Um, and, and so, and so I may not, <clears throat> but, uh, and, and I agree with that very much, Nathan. There's, there's times to, there's times to 
be just to stay guarded, I guess, and, and, and other times you can. But if you, to me, it's, if I sense somebody's judging me in, in some way or another, like Lydia was talking about, uh, I'd rather get it out on the table and and see what's going on. And they may choose not to be open with me, but that's that's their choice. Yeah, it's like, what are you judging me for? And like, I know that's an ego question. Like, why are you judging me? But if you if you find out why someone's judging you, it's it it can help because then you can just be like totally honest with them. I mean, I, I there have been so many examples in my life and the lives of everyone I know where someone had a thought about them, someone had, you know, a judgment or an idea of the kind of person they are, their motivations for things, and just didn't bear up. When when the truth comes out, you're like, well, I I guess she did it for that, or you know, and you just didn't know, and you spent all that time in judgment, but it was silent judgment. Mm -hmm. Silent judgment, I just don't like her, or I, I, I just don't care for him, or whatever. I mean, if, I mean, being totally, being willing to be honest, open and honest about your deepest feelings, since hiding in any degree keeps us stuck in our illusion of separateness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was thinking as you said that, it, it, to me, it's whether it's helpful to talk or not is completely in, t in the intonation of what you said of why are you judging me? Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, why are you judging me? <laughs> you know, let's talk this out. Let's mm -hmm. figure out where the miscommunication is versus, okay, so why are you judging me? Uh -huh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. There's a big you know, difference. Is it, is it a desire for unity and communication and connection or is it a... I'm right and you're wrong, and I'm going to talk, tell you why. I'm having a hard time with part of this, if I may share. That's good. I was going to ask you that, Brian. So the word dream is usually used almost in the same illusion. And here it's saying, oh, here's a dream we want you to have. At least that's what's confusing here. And then the sentence that you actually pointed out, Jack, I think can be read the exact opposite way you promised it as well, which okay. is when dreams are shared, they lose the function of attack and separation. So if you and I are both in a dream, maybe not a good one, but maybe now we don't attack and separate because our dream is the dream gossip circle that when we leave church every day, we just talk about all the ladies who were there and say, look at that girl's shirt, too short. And how's she <laughs> like there's another – so – the, the use of the word dream here, because if I go back to number 36, a dream is given you in which he is your savior, not your enemy in hate. A dream is given you in which you have forgiven him for all his dreams of death, a dream of hope you share with him instead of dreaming evil separate dreams of hate. So I guess where I'm stuck is we just get to pick whichever. It's like roll the dice. No, obviously you pick the one more. Right. But are they it almost distills some of the magic for me, not magic, but whatever, because it sounds like it's saying like, well, you could pick this dream or this dream. We think <laughs> we were this one. So I think somehow I'm lost or not getting something. No, Brian, Brian always oh, picked the happy dream. Well, yes. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, the dream in which you see your brother, as being sinless and 
like you, uh, but first, uh, first, first decide that you're sinless, and then see your brother as sinless too, and right. then you're choosing the happy dream in which your minds are joined together for this wonderful purpose of like waking us all up. So what I don't understand though is so we talk about so then where's the dream fit into the concept of truth? Maybe this is too heavy, but you know what I'm saying? Like to me, what they're describing is the dream is like no, that's the truth of what. I'm learning in this book. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, it does. It's an intermediate. My understanding is, is the happy dream is like an intermediate step. It says like the Holy, you know, it's our willingness. And then the Holy spirit does that last step to get us into the full awakened state. Mm -hmm. And, but if, if we went from like, Oh, I hate my brother and what in separation to Holy spirit going here, you are, you're in heaven and you're awake now. You'd be like, ah, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> Completely. Um, so there's almost like, to me, the happy dream is like an intermediary step that is, yeah, you're right, that we're choosing between. Mm -hmm. It's the dream of separation, or we choose, we're still in the separation dream, but we're willing to accept that we're one with our brother, and we're moving towards that happy place. And so those are kind of our choices, is that willingness. Mm -hmm. And then the actual awakening out of the illusion is the Holy Spirit bringing us that last step. Okay. Get some Feel free to disagree, anybody. No, Reverend Kelly, that was the greatest way of saying that ever. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, that's what I was saying. It was sort of what I was trying to get to, but um, um, we, don't we don't get all the way there. We, we have the willingness to get there, and the willingness is seeing our brother in a different way. But you were right. We'd all be, like, totally freaked out if we just, like, woke up dead and we were like <laughs> we just like we're suddenly enlightened we, oh my god what happened what happened to my room <laughs> where's my stuff you know? <laughs> so we all wake up like suddenly but we need to wake up gradually so the dream has a place so what we made christ can use for our own purpose so we can still be in this dream of illusion but we have the willingness to see things differently. And then we let um, Christ take us the rest of the way. Sure. Brian, did we get, did we get to what we were talking about? Okay, I'm almost there. I'll let Christ take me the rest of the way. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear what Nathan has to say. Nathan, that's yeah, uh, I, I like what uh, Kelly says. Okay, now the... The book says we've got a split mind. You could easily say uh, that your split mind, you have two dreams. One's dreaming the correct dream, and it's the, you know, it's the happy dream. Another one is this illusory dream that's, that's wars, wars, all that other. And this, it says a dream is given you, which he, your brother is your savior, okay? And that's the essence here that, that I see that is talking, why is your brother your savior? And number one, we talk about the mirror. Okay, you can't see your face unless you're looking in a mirror, right? That's the only way you're going to see your face. And in this world, where is your mirror? It's you, Jack. It's you, Lydia. It's, it's everybody. And that's why they're my savior. They're my radar, my reality check to what's going on inside me. Mm -hmm. And it's a perfect system. I'm either, you know, if I want to see it that way, it's a perfect feedback loop. And so they're my savior. Ah, 
I'm seeing a dream or I'm seeing a hellish dream, you know? Does that make sense to anybody? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I kind of look at it as I'm not so much looking at the face as I'm looking at the other mind. You know. Well, yeah, you, but it's it's hidden in there. It's like the Russian doll, you know. It's, 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 <laughs> uh, yeah, but that's that's the only way you're gonna. That's the real. That's the check, you know. It is how you how I see my brother is how I see myself. That's why he's my savior. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Otherwise, I can be lost in fantasy land, thinking, "Oh, it's just all you know, chocolate ice cream," you know. And then you step out on the street, and it's not, you know. So, mm-hmm. anyway. got some strawberry coating on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just stepped in it as soon as you stepped it off the side. <laughs> well, I've been. I've been- I've been having a good time listening to all this because I think I just needed to listen because I didn't really have anything to share. But now I, as I'm listening to all of this, it's interesting for me as I've been going through this ginormous house for the past weeks and weeks trying to get rid of stuff, I'm going back and looking at the past at 64 years of a lot of crap and a lot of good stuff, but it's still past. And it's been... It's just been very interesting culling through and now listening to you all talk about these, you know, the dreams. Um, it's all, it was all a dream. I feel like (laughs) it's so interesting getting rid of stuff because you get rid of stuff in your mind as you throw things away or give them away or whatever. And it's really freeing. So, Oh yes. I have had the best time. I mean, emotionally grueling in some ways, but overall, the most amazing time getting rid of stuff because every time I do, it just goes out of my mind, this stuff from the past and I'm loving relinquishing the past. It just gives me so much joy today. Um, anyway, there you go. That was all I had to say. <laughs> Susan, you've inspired me. Um, I knew I had to get rid of some things too. And we have a really big house. So I was, I've been getting rid of some things and now I have a standing reservation for a purple heart to come to my house on Friday. So like I, I put myself under the gun to like get all this stuff together um, and have it out on the porch by eight o'clock on Friday, no matter what. Mm-hmm. And it's been incredible. I I've saved like um, barrettes um, that don't fit anymore. I mean, I've, <laughs> know what I'm saving all this stuff for. Mm-hmm. I mean, seriously, um, I have books, um, books from way back before I, before I even knew anything. I mean, just, I, I, I don't know why I'm saving all this stuff. Um, uh, so it's been very freeing getting rid of it, especially things that are in perfect condition that I know someone else can use. And um, it's, it's been wonderful. I, I really, truly, I almost came to the point where I, I gave away a bunch of, um, French books. Um, and I, I used to teach French and I, I don't need these books anymore and someone could really use them. And I gave them, I gave a lot of them away, boxes and boxes, and I'm still working through it. It's, it's been a great, cathartic, 
experience. And I have you to thank for it, Susan. <laughs> for me, a lot of it is about the thousands and thousands of photographs that evoke memory. Yeah. And that is all about the past. Focus on the next section. We got to get moving. <laughs> Keep the pictures. Keep the pictures. <laughs> Keep the pictures. <laughs> I have no only need. the ones that bring you joy. You only keep the things that bring you joy. That's exactly right. right. Yeah. Okay. Ryan, read us on forgiveness and peace. <laughs> How willing are you to forgive your brother? How much do you desire peace instead of endless strife and misery and pain? These questions are the same in different form. Forgiveness is your peace, where herein lies the end of separation and the dream of danger and destruction, sin and death, of madness and of murder, grief and loss. This is the sacrifice salvation asks and gladly offers peace instead of this. John, you made a bargain that you cannot keep. The son of life cannot be killed. He is immortal as his father. What he is cannot be changed. He is the only thing in all the universe that must be one. What seems eternal all will have it what seems eternal all will have an end i'm not sure what that means what seems eternal all will have an end okay the stars will disappear and night and day will be no more all things that come and go the tides the seasons and the lives of men all things that change with time and bloom and fade will not return. Where time has set an end is not where the eternal is. God's son can never change by what men made of him. He will be as he was and as he is. For time appointed not his destiny, nor set the hour of his birth and death. Forgiveness will not change him. Yet time waits upon forgiveness that the things of time may disappear because they have no use. Hmm. Nothing survives its purpose. If it be conceived to die, then die it must, unless it does not take this purpose as its own. Change is the only thing that can be made a blessing here, where purpose is not fixed, however changeless it appears to be. Think not that you can set a goal unlike God's purpose for you and establish it as changeless and eternal. You can give yourself a purpose that you do not have, but you cannot remove the power to change your mind and see another purpose there. Change is the greatest gift of God, gift God gave to all that you would make eternal to ensure that only heaven would not pass away. You were not born to die. You cannot change because your function has been fixed by God. All other goals are set in time and change that time might be perceived, excepting one. Forgiveness does not aim at keeping time, but at its ending where it has no use. Its purpose ended, it is gone. And where it once held seeming sway is now restored the function God established for his son in full awareness. Time can set no end to its fulfillment nor its changelessness. There is no death because the living share the function their creator gave to them. Life's function cannot be to die. 
it must be life's extension that it be as one forever and forever without end. This world will bind your feet and tie your hands and kill your body only if you think that it was made to crucify God's son. For even though it was a dream of death, you need not let it stand for this to you. Let this be changed and nothing in the world must be changed as well. For nothing here is defined as what you see it for. How lovely is the world whose purpose is forgiveness of God's son. How free from fear, how filled with blessing and with happiness. And what joyous thing it is to dwell a little while in such a happy place. Nor can it be forgot in such a world. It is a little while till timelessness comes quietly to take the place of time. Anybody can jump in. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. I have a question, and it's in my thing here. It's um, section 40. The last sentence says, Change is the greatest gift God gave to all that you would make eternal to ensure that only heaven would not pass away. And I do not, I'm not grasping that sentence. Oh, um, which paragraph was that? Of 40. Mm-hmm. The last sentence of 40? Mm-hmm. Ah, Change is the greatest gift God gave to all that you would make eternal to ensure that only heaven would not pass away. Oh, maybe um, even though uh, God didn't create the world, I'm a little confused about that myself, but like maybe the way the world we made keeps changing and nothing stays the same. And um, maybe that is, a gift to us just to draw contrast between this world of illusion, which nothing stays the same and everything's going to end up gone. And then there's heaven, which will never pass away and is always the same and is a happy place. So um, maybe, I mean, because it seems to be implying that God made the world so we could, have this contrast but um i don't think it's saying that um that's just what i got from that that's my confused mind (laughs) when i got from that sentence but um yeah it seems like god gave us like change so that we could know what's real or we could we could actually like see what's real thanks lydia yeah i was just saying i i think lydia said because i'm I'm looking at the paragraph, you know, that, that entire paragraph together to try <clears throat> to try to see what it says. Um, and, you know, there's this whole thing about changeless and changelessness. Mm-hmm. Actually, the, to me, the sentence right above it is what it's referencing. I could be, who knows, but it says, actually, two sentences. It says, you can give yourself a purpose that you do not have. So you can get yourself confused. Mm-hmm. But you cannot remove the power to change your mind and see another purpose. So it's like ah. you can be confused as to what you are, who you are, confusing the illusion, but you always have that power to change your mind. Okay. That's what it's referencing there. It's changes ah. the greatest gift. The greatest gift being we change from illusion to truth mm-hmm. in our thoughts. Thank you. 
Any of the guys want to jump in on this? <laughs> it also says that sentence again. I'm coming back to it, Susan. Change is the greatest gift God to gave the to all that you would make eternal. So this is like when the Course is talking to us like we're bad people and we have it the wrong way, which it does a lot. Never notice, like you out yet, stupid. Okay, so changes the grace that's gave to you that all that you would make eternal, like your cell phone, your house, the pictures that you won't throw away, those things, right? To ensure that only heaven would not pass away. So changes the greatest gift that God to gave not to you, it gave it to the thing that gave it to the things that you would make eternal. That's what it seems like it's saying. Change the gave to all that you would make eternal. So the only thing that really is eternal is that heaven, that forgiveness, right? In the, everything else is the stuff we're saying, like, you know, this is not a cup. This is not a table. That kind of. That's good, good, Ryan. Thanks. Yeah. And I think that actually references that sentence that Jack was going over a few times, Mm -hmm. which said, what seems eternal will all have an end. And I think that seems is the key word there. Mm-hmm. It's not what is eternal will have an end. It's what you think, what you perceive as eternal. Because, mm-hmm. you know, we, we think like day and night. Well, gee, you know, is the sun ever going to go away? Oh, no, the sun's going to keep going. Well, how, you know, we'll just spin around on our earth. And <laughs> well, that's, that's a good point. And, and I'm glad you referenced back to that again, because I, I, I went back and was reading that again. And, and that's exactly how I finally, it, uh-huh. the only way I could have interpreted it. Yeah. Because, I mean, heaven is changeless only because heaven encompasses all. And there's no, there, there's no past, there's no future, there's no uh, deception, no nothing like that. There just is. And, and, and we kind of lose sight of that sometimes in the experience. And why, to me, change is so important is because it, when we're experiencing in the illusion we have opportunity, as long as we have opportunity to change, we can finally get back to the oneness and the allness that we truly are. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to start the reading on the lingering illusion, mm-hmm. and then Nathan, you'll be starting the discussion when we get to it. Let me mute people. I'm going to say, I'm going to leave Brian unmuted. That way I don't have to be rushing to <laughs> there. <laughs> there we go. Okay. The lingering illusion. Seek not outside yourself, for it will fail, and you will weep each time an idol falls. Mm. Okay, I'm underline it. Heaven cannot be found where it is not, and there can be no peace excepting there. Each idol that you worship when God calls will never answer in his place. There is no other answer you can substitute and find the happiness his answer brings. Seek not outside yourself. For all your pain comes simply from a futile search for what you want, insisting where it must be found. And what if it is not there? Do you prefer that you be right or happy? Be you glad that you are told where happiness abides and seek no longer elsewhere. You will fail. But it is given you to know the truth and not to seek for it outside yourself. 
No one comes here but must still have hope, some lingering illusion, or some dream that there is something outside of himself that will bring happiness and peace to him. If everything is in him, this cannot be so. And therefore, by his coming, he denies the truth about himself and seeks for something more than everything, as if a part of it were separated off and found where all the rest of it is not. This is the purpose he bestows upon the body, that it seek for what he lacks and give him what would make himself complete. And thus he wanders aimlessly in the search about, in search of something that he cannot find, believing that he The lingering illusion will impel him to seek out from them for a thousand more, and each will fail him, all excepting one, for he will die and does not understand the idol that he seeks is but his death. Its form appears to be outside himself, yet does he seek to kill God's son within and prove that he this is the purpose every idol has for this and this the role that cannot be fulfilled. Whenever you attempt to reach a goal in which the body's betterment is cast as major beneficiary, you try to bring about your death. For you believe that you can suffer lack and lack is death. To sacrifice is to give up and thus be without and to have suffered loss. And by this giving up is life renounced. Seek not outside yourself. The search implies you are not whole within and fear to look upon your devastation and prefer to seek outside yourself for what you are. Idols must fall because they have no life. And what is lifeless is a sign of death. You came to die, and what would you expect but to perceive the signs of death you seek? No sadness and no suffering proclaims a message other than an idol found that represents a parody of life, which in its lifelessness is really death, conceived as real and given living form. Yet each must fail and crumble and decay because a form of death cannot be life. And what is sacrificed cannot be whole. This world, we're made to keep the truth within from being known to you and to maintain allegiance to the dream that you must find what is outside yourself to be complete and happy. It is vain to worship idols in the hope of peace. God dwells within and your completion lies in him. No idol takes his place. Look not to idols. Do not seek outside yourself. Let us forget the purpose of the world. Let us forget the purpose of the world the past has given it, for otherwise the future will be like the past and but a series of depress depressing dreams in which all idols fail you one by one and you see death and disappointment everywhere. To change all this and open up a road of hope and of release in what appeared to be an endless circle of despair, you need but to decide you do not know the purpose of the world. You give it goals it does not have, and thus do you decide what it is for. You try to see in it a place of idols found outside yourself, with power to make complete what is within by splitting what you are between the two. You choose your dreams, for they are what you wish, perceived as if it had been given you. 
Your idols do what you would have them do and have the power you ascribe to them. And you pursue them vainly in the dream because you want their power as your own. Yet where are dreams but in a mind asleep? And can a dream succeed in making real the pictures it projects outside itself? Save time, my brothers. Learn what time is for. And speed the end of idols in a world made sad and sick by seeing idols there. Your holy minds are altars unto God, and where he is, no idols can abide. The fear of God is but the fear of loss of idols. It is not the fear of loss of your reality. But you have made of your reality an idol which you must protect against the light of truth. And all the world becomes the means by which this idol can be saved. Salvation thus appears to threaten life and offer death. It is not so. Salvation seeks to prove there is no death and only life exists. The sacrifice of death is nothing lost. An idol cannot take the place of God. Let him remind you of his love for you and do not seek to drown his voice in chants of deep despair to idols of yourself. Seek not outside your father for your hope, for hope of happiness is not despair. Mm. Okay. All right. <clears throat> well, the lingering illusion, okay, the, the, the root of the lingering illusion really is this idol that we've chosen as a body, you know? And um, uh, that's the notion illusion and uh, the chosen home of the ego. So, and the mantra is always more, you know? It's never enough. It's always focused to look outside yourself. Never enough. You always need something more. Mm-hmm. We were talking about this on Sunday, mm-hmm. right? You know, it's like whatever we, whatever lack we think we're seeing, as long as we see lack, we stay disconnected from God. We stay separate. Yeah. And what we're, we're talking about, the, the, the other chapter, you know, it's talking mostly about change, okay? I don't know, maybe can you use the word choose, and it's the same as change? Mm-hmm. Yeah, choose again, change again, basically the same thing, and that's basically what we're, what we're doing. Here. We, we realize we've created all these idols, you know, forms, you know? Mm-hmm. But we're not a form, we're an idea, you know? So we're never going to find happiness in forms. They can't be shared. The only thing that can be truly shared is a mind, an idea. And, uh, you know, we just, uh, we, we've made a business out of finding, putting something of value in something that's valueless. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That kind of goes back to what we were saying earlier about when we look at somebody, we look at either we're seeing form or we're seeing the mind of that person. I'm, I'm just talking out loud here, but mm-hmm. kind of reminding. Yeah. yeah, we've got to, and, and these eyes, and we, we've talked about this lots before, all these senses are perfectly designed to keep us locked into form land, which is the idle land, if you will. You'd be saying just idle land, you know? So so there's another way to so see you know, these eyes, these physical senses. Mm-hmm. And it, 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 
back again, I believe it's got to be in the heart. There has to be an eye of the heart, which you could say is Christ's vision is there. For me, it's it's not in the head. I, I, I'm woken up enough to know that who I thought I was, who lived upstairs, is not who I really am. That's my that's my sick mind. My separated mind lives in the head, and um, just being aware that that's not who I am, and falling down into that heart, that that truth, is my homework. <laughs> This is to kind of remind me this whole section, and it's, I, I think a lot of this for me is a lot of what I teach on a regular basis where I'm not like, you know, going straight. I'm teaching, I'm but teaching not by the like, reading section. <clears throat> by section is I talk a lot about um, accepting that we're whole because we're a child of God, because we're whole within, not seeking um, approval from without. And I think that for me is, you know, and the reason I talk about it a lot when I'm teaching is because it's been such a journey for me. Um, and especially with my work. And it's, it's funny because one of my friends, the one I've talked about that's an astrologer, um, I was talking to him one day. I said, you know, it just, it just feels like you know, my life is life like right around, my around, my, around my job. Um, and they, and they of course, I guess apparently it's on my astrology group that way. Um, I was like, oh, great. Um, but I think, you know, I've always really, just even from when I, when I was, as a child, it was like, I, you know, my first job was at 13. Um, and it was with my parents' company. And it was like, like in a way, in a way my parents' approval was to be part of their business. Um, and it's just interesting for me because it's like each time a, a career is, you know, some of my careers have changed because I wanted to, but some of them have changed because I didn't want them to. Um and it's just interesting for me to kind of see the growth for myself. Like, you know, this new thing about, you know, maybe I'm not staying with the CMC now, you know, I'll totally admit it didn't help. I was hormonal that day too, but um, I'm like, it always comes that, on just the perfect day. Um, that always helps. Yeah. And I haven't, it, it always hits for me. That way. Always. If it's going to be a major emotional thing, it's going to be like, you know, right around that time for me. Uh-huh. Um, and you know, like Sunday, I cried most of Sunday. I was like, I just need to get this out. I'm upset. I'm mad. I'm angry. I'm hurt. I'm confused. I'm you know whatever. But then I realized I was, I was thinking about it as we're reading the section. I was like, you know, the first the first time, like when, when I was separating from the federal agent job, that took me. You know, it was it was that was devastating. And then the thing in Los Angeles was when I left there. It was really really painful. And there was especially leaving Los Angeles. That was a lot of you know, what did I do wrong and why am I not good enough? Um, and I really spent, that, that's why I spent a lot of the time of, of when I was on retreat working on. Um, and so it's interesting because even though there's that little part of me right now that kind of went into that, that was like, well, why aren't I good enough for them? You know, it's like, I'm realizing, I'm like, well, wait, number one, it doesn't matter their perception. Number two, I'm still really awesome because gosh darn it, I'm just a child of God. Mm-hmm. I don't need their approval to change that, you know, it, 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 or to or to verify that. Um, it was just interesting. This whole section for me, um, especially you know, Lydia, Lydia. you say with Jennifer Hadley, is that whole thing a lot. She'll teach a lot about, you know, seek not outside yourself, and that just came through so much in this section for me. I'm like, okay, you know, whatever. 
whatever happens in my work is my work, but you know, it, it's, I, I like this one sentence. This is God dwells within and your completion lies in him. And I was like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. well, one at one time you were, you were willing to just leave it all, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, then all these waves started coming and going and, and, and frustrating you and, <laughs> yeah. and getting to you. And all they are is just opportunities to see things differently, but it's interesting how it happens. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Reverend that's Kelly, that's I'm sorry, Benjamin's not here because uh, this section seems to be really important to what he's struggling with. Um, the body being an idol and um, even, even perfect health is an idol. We're trying to get something outside ourselves in order to, you know, feel this completion, feel like, I mean, but I mean, seriously, we all know that perfect health does not last. <laughs> Something's going to come along and end it. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it, I mean, even that's not, that's something that we can count on. So, um, I, I circled or underlined some parts that I might, uh, share with Benjamin, but I know Benjamin is going to do his homework. So, <laughs> you will. Okay. Well, let's take a 10 minute break. And then like I said, we've got three sections. The last section is literally one paragraph. Mm -hmm. um, I was like, okay. Okay. So I will see you guys at 14 after whatever hour you're at. Okay. Right. Oh, Reverend Kelly, uh, yeah. I signed up for um, Masterful Living. Oh, okay. So uh, I will be, I was speaking with someone uh, from Jennifer Hatley's office like on Wednesday. Yeah. Um, but I'm really excited about it. This is going to be such an event. <laughs> yeah, and I think actually it'll be good that you're, you've got this class with Masterful Living because I, mm -hmm. I love Jennifer. She's, you know, she's been one of my big teachers, but she very much teaches from her perspective and her experience. Mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. it's interesting for you to have like an actual spiritual text that you're reading. Yes. With her world. I think her stuff's really, really practical. She's really, really good on the um, practical application side of things. I love listening to her. She's just, she's just amazing. So um, I, I thought this was the time to do it, especially since I'm going through this course and um, I am studying to become a minister. So, uh, wow, this is, this is the perfect time. And there well, it was. The one thing I'm going to qualify it with is do uh -huh. what you feel led to do. Because I've seen with Masterful Living, uh -huh. people will try to do every practice she gives them like all the time. Uh -huh get overwhelmed and then start going, Oh, well, I'm not spiritual because I'm not doing everything. Ah, mm -hmm. so just be aware of that. Do what you feel led to do. And you know, somebody will be like, well, you're not growing because you're not doing this practice. BS. Mm -hmm. do what you feel led to do and be happy with it. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Okay. That, that is going to help me tremendously because yeah. I do tend to get overwhelmed and try to do everything all at once. And, yeah. and she gives you a lot of practices and you, you just, you have to, you know, I would say definitely do like the, the daily, um, I forget what she calls it, but it's like, you do like a life purpose thing mm -hmm. and like you know, reading that daily, I think is really good, but don't be like, well, I'm going to do that daily. I'm going to do a forgiveness letter daily. And I'm going to do it. 
you, 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 you got to focus on what spirit guides you to. Don't freak yourself out. Okay. I will do. I will do. Um, I won't be long this time because like all I have to do is go down the stairs and get some water. So <laughs> I'll be back shortly. <laughs> I'll refill my coffee. So. <laughs> Hello there. <laughs> and ever, I just heard something else too as I was walking around. Have you ever heard Venerable, Jennifer's teacher? Oh gosh, you know what? Um, I ordered, but I didn't hear. No, I didn't. I ordered the book, but I haven't heard her speak. No. Okay. Well, her book, her books are easier and her books are easier to understand there. Are. <laughs> she's on the program. Like mm -hmm. what, what I learned, especially earlier on when I first started hearing venerable, mm -hmm. like lay on your bed or something and listen to it, but don't be like, Oh, I need to understand this because a lot of times, especially the first several times you hear her, it'll be like, right <laughs> over you. she, she, yeah, she talks like, well, in the waves of the fifth dimension, there is the power of light that flows over. And you're like, um, <laughs> and you literally, um, once you've heard her, I mean, like, I mean, it probably took me hearing her for almost a year off and on before I kind of understood how she communicates. Um, wow. Very, very high level spiritual, like crazy stuff. 
Um, it's amazing. But they do say, they've said that her, just the sound of her voice actually is healing. So <gasps> even if you don't understand like the words she says, a lot of times I would just lay on my bed and just let the sound of her teaching kind of sink in, even though mentally I was like, if I tried to write notes, I had no clue what she was saying. Wow. So that's just, so I need, I need to get recordings. I, I, <laughs> I need to get recordings and because, um, I, well, it, and I think you get recordings of the classes and I think venerables, I don't know if she's still, but I venerable, venerable will be on several of the classes. Probably. Oh, excellent. Um, I don't know how often she's doing them now. I think she was doing them like the first couple of months. She doesn't have venerable because it's like I said, it's, mm -hmm. um, I want to say, I think the last six months, at least when I was doing it, I think venerable mm -hmm. was on like once a month, maybe. Oh, awesome. Um, and really, I mean, take advantage of listening to it. Cause I think like, like where I'm not in masterful living, I think mm -hmm. it's like over $75. If I wanted to sign up with venerable, they'd be in that one class. Cause some venerable okay. students will log in for that class. But it's ah. like, I mean, yeah, it's like, yeah, oh, that's awesome. but yeah, be aware of that. Don't be like, Oh my God, I have to understand venerable. You won't. You just, yeah, you know what? That would, that would shock me. And I would be like, Oh my God. I don't, it's, it's like waking up and like, I don't speak this language. I, it's just, <laughs> yeah, no, nobody does initially. <laughs> While, um, yeah. And then I think actually in her books, I'm like, I think she almost is, she is a little more, some of her, some of her books are very woo woo, but you can kind of get through it usually. But sometimes like her talk, sometimes she would go two hours and I had no clue what she said. Is there, is there like, um, like a specific book that you think would be like an entry level. <laughs> yeah. It's not this one. Let me go look. I've got, I've got it in the other room. I know I've got a couple of her books, but I know which one. Yeah. Hold on. Oh, excellent. Thank you. Dang, I'm good. We found it. I actually keep this one on my meditation area. It's, it's learning Cherokee ways. Oh. The Iwahu path. Oh my goodness. Okay. That's the one I almost ordered, but didn't. <laughs> yeah, I really, this one, she, I mean, there's a lot of very, um, you know, there's something she says, you know, I can't share. There's certain things that are only for the Cherokee Iwahu mm -hmm. tribe. But, you know, she's got prayers in here. She talks really, you know, clearly about meditation practice. She talks mm -hmm. about her experience with crystals. Um, it, it's pretty straightforward about the practices that she teaches. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's one of my favorite. I've been reading Voices of Our Ancestors. It's definitely more woo-woo-y. Okay, I bought that one. That's okay. a, I ordered that one, Voices of Our Ancestors, and took one look at it and said, oh, maybe later. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's still very good, but it's much more dense. Um, you know, and, and it's definitely more her high level. Like, you know, I just, you know, I just, you know, flipped here. And it says, the inherent spark of clear mind is never sullied. 
The thoughts and actions may be impure, yet that the creative principle of life is ever holy. Illness, illness is an illusion that we separate nations and separate peoples is also illusion. Through the fibers of our thinking, through our thought processes, we are weaving our reality. Which eventually you can pick that apart and you realize it's totally Course in Miracles. Uh-huh. But it's coming at it like uh <laughs> it, it, it's feeling like you're reading the course in a really intense level this one is much more um practical basic venerable 101 okay okay that's what that's what i'll start with I'll, yeah, I'll and it's a lot thinner too who is this author um it, well it's venerable dewani iwahu come on it's jennifer yeah. Hadley's teacher um which Jennifer teaches the course and other things. Um, and she's actually one of our presenters at the conference. Yay. Yay. Um, but we were saying Lydia is going to be taking one of Jennifer's year long classes. Um, and Venerable teaches some of the classes that with Jennifer throughout the year. So we were talking because Venerable, Venerable, she's Cherokee. She's supposedly like the Buddha reincarnated in the female in the feminine. Um, and there's all these really wild stories about her and things that she went through as a child. But I was just, I was saying to Lydia, like when you hear her talk, especially the first several times you hear her, you just have to kind of like lay on your bed and listen and don't, the way she talks is very like fifth dimensional woo woo spiritual stuff. And it, it's, if you try to like intellectually understand it, it goes right over you. And then people get frustrated. Where is that book? Um, this oh, one, I said there's a little Cherokee one called Learning Cherokee Ways. What is it? Learning Cherokee Ways. Learning Cherokee Ways. And she just gives a lot of her spiritual, and it's a lot of it's very consistent with the course of what she teaches. Um, but she gives a lot of just real straightforward practices, whereas some of her other books get real you know, woo-woo, language, they'll start talking about the grid and the matrix, and, and you're kind of like, they don't get it. Get it. <laughs> but I said, learning Cherokee ways, I actually keep on my um, meditation area. Wow. I've got this, um, the Seven Sacred Flames book, and then I've got the workbook pocket edition of the course. Are the three books I keep in my meditation area. Oh, awesome. So, and Seven Sacred Flames is another channeled book. Um, channeled, it was up in Shasta, actually, it's in Mount Shasta is where they channeled it. Um, and it supposedly is a lot of the ascended masters. So you're looking at, you know, Gabriel, Raphael. Um, and it talks about where supposedly the different angels live. And each day of the week has a certain angel that kind of oversees it. And there's like prayers that go with each day of the week and with each angel. So I am. Um, wow. Is that books. in the Cherokee book? No, it's called the seven sacred flames. Completely. Oh, I didn't get that. Yeah. It's a completely separate book. It has a lot to do. Like, it has a lot to do with the angels and mm -hmm. um, it talks about like the different temples. And so the meditations in there, are about like channeling the different energy of the different temples where the different angels reside. Um, yeah, it's definitely, you know, it's one of those things I'm kind of like, I kind of feel like when the, when the course talks about the seven rays, 
-hmm. I think it may be talking about the sacred flames, but who knows? <laughs> Maybe that's just me wanting to connect them together. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, what does your what does your uh, meditation room look like? It's actually a corner of my living room. Mm -hmm. Let me see. I can I can probably take you there. There. We're missing, where are we missing? We're missing Nathan still. So. Yeah, he hasn't come back. <laughs> Five minutes late. Oh, there's Nathan. Okay. So my area. Hi, Nathan. We're talking about my meditation area. So, so it's got, I mean, I've got the little cushion and all on the floor. But then up here is different figurines. Like each one has a specific meaning to me. Oh, wow. So um, I like the wolf over there. Is it a wolf? Which one? The, that one? Yeah. That's a white tiger. Um, oh. When I was doing my shamanic work, I had um, white tiger kept coming up. So that's the top shelf. My second shelf is just all my crystals and things. I got a bunch of them. Oh, my God. Is that jade or amethyst? Both. Whoa. Yeah, I've got probably about 20 different crystals there. Um, the bottom shelf is just extra supplies, candles and stuff. And on the floor, that's my Seven Sacred Flames book. I got a couple of sets of cards. Um, it's Ascendant Masters cards and Angel cards. And then I have a Buddha. And oh. then I have a Feminine Buddha. Yeah, that's the, um, that's the Avatar. Um, you have a Feminine Buddha? Buddha. Which is oh. the same as Kuan Yin. Yeah, Kuan Yin is Kuan the Yin Feminine Buddha, which is venerable. It's considered to be venerable. Supposedly venerable is Kuan Yin. Mm-hmm. And I have a huge Kuan Yin statue on my meditation altar, but like yeah. in the past year, um, when we like suddenly became foster parents, uh, suddenly my meditation room has a crib in there and some, <laughs> some stuffed toys. So <laughs> it's kind of strange now. <laughs> Quiet, huh? <laughs> the unquiet. <laughs> yeah, so that's, yeah, yeah, I, I have, I have, yeah, I, yeah, I think I have about twenty crystals total. Um, wow, you know, and I just, I've, I've collected <coughs> some of them in presents, some of my purchase, whatever. Mm. So, okay, is everybody here now? We got everybody. Hey, yeah, Amy is back. Um, who read last? I forgot to mark. I did. Who's I? Was that I Jack? Think, I think I did. Okay. So Lydia. Okay, and we Christ and the Antichrist. Ah, yes. Oh, yeah. Here, the Antichrist. Um, oops, wrong book. Sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Christ and the Antichrist. What is? Oh, what is an idol? Do you think you know? For idols are unrecognized as such and never seen for what they really are. That is the only power which they have. Their purpose is obscure and they are feared and worshipped both because you do not know what they are for and why they have been made. An idol is an image of your brother which you would value more than what he is. Idols are made that he may be replaced, no matter what their form. 
and it is this which never is perceived and recognized. Be it a body or a thing, a place, a situation, or a circumstance, an object owned or wanted, or a right demanded or achieved, it is the same. Okay. Let not their form deceive you. Idols are but substitutes for your reality. In some way, you believe they will complete your little self and let you walk in safety in a world perceived as dangerous with forces masked against your confidence and peace of mind. They have the power to supply your lacks and add the value which you do not have. No one believes in idols who has not enslaved himself to littleness and loss and thus must seek beyond his little self for strength to raise his head and stand apart from all the misery the world reflects. This is the penalty for looking not within for certainty and quiet calm which liberates you from the world and lets you stand apart in quiet and in peace, unlimited. Mm -hmm. An idol is a false impression for or a false belief, some form of antichrist which constitutes a gap between the Christ and what you see. An idol is a wish made tangible and given form and thus perceived as real and seen outside the mind. Yet it is still a thought and cannot leave the mind that is cannot leave the mind that is its source, nor is its form apart from the idea that it represents. All forms of Antichrist oppose the Christ and fall before his face like a dark veil, which seems to shut you off from him alone in darkness. Yet the light is there. A cloud does not put out the sun. No more a veil can banish what it seems to separate, nor darken by one whit the light itself. This world of idols is a veil across the face of Christ because its purpose is to separate your brother from yourself. A dark and fearful purpose, yet a thought without the power to change one blade of grass from something living to a sign of death. Its form is nowhere, for its source abides within your mind where God abideth not. Where is this place where what is everywhere has been excluded and been kept apart? What hand could be held up to block God's way? <laughs> Whose voice could make demand he in or not? The more than everything is not a thing to make you tremble and to quail in fear. Christ's enemy is nowhere. He can take no form in which he ever will be real. What is an idol? Nothing. It must be believed before it seems to come to life and given power that it may be feared. Its life and power are its believer's gift, and this is what the miracle restores to what has life and power, worthy of the gift of heaven and eternal peace. The miracle does not restore the truth. The light, the veil between, has not put out. It merely lifts the veil and lets the truth shine unencumbered, being what it is. It does not need belief to be itself, for it has been created, so it is. An idol is established by belief. And when it is withdrawn, the idol dies. This is the Antichrist. The strange idea there is a power past omnipotence, a place beyond the infinite, a time transcended by the idea this power and place and time are given form and shape the world where the impossible has happened. 
Here the deathless come to die, the all-encompassing to suffer loss, the timeless to be made the slaves of time. Here does the changeless, here does the changeless God, forever given to all living things, give way to chaos, and the Son of God, as perfect, sinless, and as loving as his Father, come to hate a little while, to suffer pain. And finally, to die. Oh. <laughs> Where is an idol? Nowhere. Can there be a gap in what is infinite? A place where time can interrupt eternity? A place of darkness set where all is light? A dismal alcove separated off from what is endless? Has no place to be. An idol is beyond where God has set all things forever and has left no room for anything to be except his will. Nothing and nowhere must an idol be while God is everything and everywhere. What purpose has an idol then? What is it for? This is the only question which has many answers, each depending on the one of whom the question has been asked. The world believes in idols. No one comes unless he worshipped them and still attempts to seek for one that yet might offer him a gift reality does not contain. Each worshipper of idols harbors hope his special deities will give him more than other men possess. It must be more. It does not really matter more of what, more beauty, more intelligence, more wealth, or even more affection uh, and more pain. But more of something is an idol for. And when one fails, another takes its place with hope of finding more of something else. Be not deceived by forms this something takes. An idol is a means for getting more, and it is this that is against God's will. God has, God has not many sons, but only one. Who can have more and who be given less? In heaven, would the Son of God be but laugh if idols could intrude upon his peace? It is for him the Holy Spirit speaks and tells, tells you idols have no purpose here. For more than heaven, for more than heaven can you never have. If heaven is within, why would you seek for idols, which would make of heaven less to give you more than God bestowed upon your brother and on you as one with him. God gave you all there is and to be sure you could not lose it. He did also give the same to every living thing as well. And thus is every living thing a part of you as of himself. No idol can establish you as more than God, but you will never be content with being less. This is hilarious because we have everything we need, but we just keep looking. We just keep looking. Uh-huh. God, it's crazy. I love this. This is really good. This is not a judgment. It's just a question. But it, it seems to me that a lot of folks have, <laughs> and much like you were showing us earlier, Reverend Kelly, a lot of things in their house that, I guess perhaps could be considered idols. Mm -hmm. 
and, and I often wonder why so many people have all of these little things. And I, I mean, I've come to understand that, understand that at least in my understanding, that people use them to help them to, I guess, to over to get over hurdles and, and okay. then they're no longer useful. useful. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I guess it, 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 it makes me wonder why we, why we have, I, I, it just brings a question in my mind. <laughs> why do you have, I so you're cutting your head Jack, but I think the question is why I have them. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, from, I mean, it varies. I mean, each item for me varies. Some of them are just reminders of relationships. Um, some of them are reminders of character. To me, like, you know, all the ascended masters, we're all one. You know, let, let, you know they, they ultimately don't exist because that's all illusion. For me, like, I'll work with the illusion that with the ascended masters. Is for me, that's a way of remembering an aspect of God that makes it more tangible and understandable for me while I'm in this body. Um, the crystal, like the crystals all, yeah, yeah. People have told me that in this illusion that it supports their spiritual practice. Some of them seem to have, like if I'm doing a meditation, sometimes I'll feel an energy it feels like that helps me go deeper in my practice because I have a crystal. Um, some of the crystals I just like because people gave them to me as gifts. I try not to put special power in them, but to understand that everything's a projection of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's really comes back to the idea of how can I best understand, what, you know, yeah. largely, which is that which is un, ununderstandable mm-hmm. in this body and what just supports me in that. Yeah. Well, again, it, it, it's not a judgment of any kind because I've often wondered why I, somewhere along the line, uh, decided that these things would be kind of a kind of a crutch for me, mm-hmm. and, and 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 I'm just I'm just talking about me. This is just how it is for me, right? Uh, but uh, I I guess somewhere along the line in my studies with Course in Miracles, I decided that. If I wasn't turning to Christ, and I was using other things to to be kind of a crutch for me, then I was I was going to miss out on something, and that's that's just kind of how it came across to me. And so I decided just not to get things like that. Now maybe that's to my disadvantage. I don't know. I think I if I can share something, it, you know, I, I altars in the home have been around for thousands and thousands of years. And anything that's been around for thousands of years, I think you have to take a second look at. And so part of it is every time you pass that altar or you pass the cross hanging on your wall or you pass the gift that a friend gave you, it gets to enter your consciousness in a different way. And so I can see, uh, I'm, this is, I think that it depends on how you, what kind of help you need. And for me, like, I feel like I'm not uh, spiritually evolved enough not to have a little physical reminder of something. I'm not I'm worshiping the physical reminder. I'm 
worshiping the consciousness that it might remind me of, if that makes better sense. Mm-hmm. So I think that's, and so like what they even say, like when you're trying to bring love into your life to create a space in your house, that's your love altar. So that when you're walking by, there's a conscious space of you're giving energy to love being in my life or whatever it is. So mm-hmm. it's a little bit like your home becoming a space for a consciousness of altar, but I'm sure there are people who worship, you know, figurines of snow white. So that's not the same. Thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But that's another learning that I've had around it. And I've actually talked to have had clients who will make space for it or um, make space for like, oh, I want to be reminded more often to be mindful. And so that's a, a way mm-hmm. to, you know, reminded. That's why that word is there, I think. No, I totally, I, I totally agree with you, Brian. Um, I, um, my altar, like I said, um, it's kind of puny, but like there, there's not much there. But the thing is, that statue of Kuan Yin does remind me to return to my compassionate self. And yeah, it is a figure and it's an idol. And um, I, but just having it there, just seeing that image of her actually reminds me to return to my compassionate self when I'm all over the place. And it sort of grounds me, and it's in that one spot. And, you know, no, no matter what's going on, I can, I can come back to my compassionate self just by looking in that direction. It's almost what you're saying, Lydia, is return to sanity. These are reminders, visible reminders of a return to your sanity, your right mind. Mm-hmm. There's a set. What it really speaks on is is the root, simple root of it, the cause and effect root, and, and that's the that's it in a nutshell. Is cause outside me? Then that, there will be idols, and I can think that they have power, and it will affect me. The other way is always the other way around. Is just as um, simple. My mind is cause, and this is everything I. This is my effect. Is it? Is that too simply stated or what? No. 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 no, no. Um, If our house burnt down, I would still be thinking of that image of Kuan Yin and trying to return to my compassionate self. It's just, it's that image strikes me. And that's a good analogy, the house burning down, because with all of us, the house is on fire. Our house is on fire. You know, what are you going to do? You're going to sit around and, and try to you know, grab up this. No, you want to get out. You know, you want to yeah. get back to truth. <laughs> you want to get back to truth, and truth is the mind. Cause is here. It's mm-hmm. always the mind. All right? My house is on fire. I'm not going to, you know, you know, I'm just getting out, man. And, mm-hmm. and that's, what, that's why we're all in this together. Our house is on fire. Our false house is on fire. We're trying to shore it up, you know, and keep that little false thing together. Idols, whatever it is, choose again. Mm-hmm. It's on fire, you know? Nathan, I love that analogy. Yeah, that's good. I love that analogy. Mm-hmm. And you can stay in the house and get burned up, and maybe that's the easiest thing, too, because that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to burn up this false sense of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There is a sentence in chat, paragraph 57, the first sentence, 
This is the Antichrist, the strange idea there is a power past omnipotence, a place beyond the infinite, a time transcending the eternal. It kind of reminded me of the section before when we talked about the dream or like an illusion, not mm-hmm. the good dream, the bad dream. <laughs> um, uh, and uh, I don't know, I just kind of thought that was helpful because I think that, that we've all heard the word Antichrist before. And so mm-hmm. to give it a meaning that actually means something other than a horror movie. Damien. <laughs> yeah. Way more helpful. That's all. That's the end of that. That's the end of that. Um, I'm going to start on the forgiving dream. Mm-hmm. Get the rest of y'all muted. Mm-hmm. There we go. Okay, the forgiving dream. The slave of idols is a willing slave. Hmm. For willing he must be to let himself bow down in worship to that, or sorry, to what has no life and seek for power in the powerless. What happened to the holy son of God that this could be his wish? To let himself fall lower than the stones upon the ground and look to idols that they raise him up. Hear then your story in the dream you made. And ask yourself if it be not the truth that you believe that it is not a dream. A dream of judgment came into the mind that God created perfect as himself. And in that dream was heaven changed to hell and God made enemy unto his son. How can God's son awaken from the dream? It is a dream of judgment. So must he judge not and he will waken for the dream will seem to last while he is a part of it. Judge not, for he who judges will have need of idols, which will hold the judgment off from resting on himself. Nor can he know the self he has condemned. Judge not, because you make yourself a part of evil dreams where idols are your true identity and your salvation from the judgment, laid in terror and in guilt upon yourself. All figures in the dream are idols made to save you from the dream. Yet they are part of what they have been made to save you from. Thus does an idol keep the dream alive and terrible. For who could wish for one useless for one useless un, oh, for who could wish for one terror and despair? And this the idol represents, and so it worship, so its worship is the worship of despair and terror and the dream from which they came and they come judgment is an injustice to God's son and it is justice that that who judges him will not escape the penalty he laid upon himself within the dream he made God knows of justice not a not a penalty but in the dream of judgment you attack and are condemned and wish to be the slave of idols which are interposed between your judgment and the penalty it brings. There can be no salvation in the dream as you are dreaming it. For idols must be part of it to save you from what you believe you have accomplished and have done to make you sinful and put out the light within you. Little children... It is there. You do but dream, and idols are the toys you dream you play with. 
Who has need of toys but children? They pretend they rule the world and give their toys the power to move about and talk and think and feel and speak for them. Yet everything their toys appear to do is in the minds of those who play with them. But they are eager to forget that they made up the dream in which their toys are real, nor recognize their wishes are their own. <clears throat> Nightmares are childish dreams. The toys have turned, turned against the child who thought he made them real. Yet can a dream attack? Or can a toy grow large and dangerous and fierce and wild? This does the child believe because he fears his thoughts and gives them to the toys instead. And their reality becomes his own because they seem to save him from his thoughts. Yet do they keep his thoughts alive and real, but seen outside himself where they can turn against him for his treachery to them. He thinks he needs them and he may escape his thoughts because he thinks the thoughts are real. And so he makes of anything a toy to make his world remain outside himself and play that he is but a part of it. There is a time when childhood should be passed and gone forever. Seek not to retain the toys of children. Put them all away for you have no need, you have no, you have need of them no more. The dream of judgment is a child's game in which the child becomes the father, powerful but with the little wisdom of a child. What hurts him is destroyed, what helps him blessed, except he judges this as does a child who does not know what hurts and what will heal. And bad things seem to happen, and he is afraid of all the chaos in a world he thinks is governed by the laws he made. Yet is the real world unaffected by the world he thinks is real, nor have its laws been changed because he did not understand. The real world still is but a dream except the figures have been changed. They are not seen as idols which betray. It is a dream in which no one is used to substitute for something else, nor interpose between the thoughts the mind conceives and what it sees. No one is used for something he is not, for childish things have been put away. And what was once a dream of judgment now has changed into a dream where all is joy, because that is the purpose which it has. Only forgiving dreams can enter here, for time is almost over. And the forms which enter in the dream are now perceived as brothers, not in judgment, but in love. Forgiving dreams have little need to last. They are not made to separate the mind from what it thinks. They do not seek to prove the dream is being dreamed by someone else. And in these dreams, a melody is heard, which everyone remembers, though he has not heard it since before all time began. Forgiveness, once complete, brings timelessness so close the song of heaven can be heard, not with the ears, but with the holiness which never left the altar, which abides forever deep within the Son of God. And when he hears the song again, he knows he never heard it not. And where is time when dreams of judgment have been put away? Whenever you feel fear in any form, and you are fearful if you do not feel a deep content, a certainty of health, a calm assurance, heaven goes with you and believe it will betray you. 
I'm, I'm going to read that again because it just completely disjointed. Whenever you feel fear in any form and you are fearful if you do not feel a deep content, a certainty of help, a calm assurance, heaven goes with you. Be sure you make an idol and believe it will betray you. For beneath your hope that it will save you, for beneath your hope that it will save you, lie the guilt and pain of self-betrayal and uncertainty, so deep and bitter that the dream cannot conceal completely all your sense of doom. Your self-betrayal must result in fear, for fear is judgment, leading surely to the frantic search for idols and for death. Mm. Forgiving dreams remind you that you live in safety and have not attacked yourself. So do your childish terrors melt away and dreams become a sign that you have made a new beginning, not another try to worship idols and to keep attack. Forgiving dreams are kind to everyone who figures in the dream. And so they bring the dreamer full release from dreams of fear. He does not fear his judgment, for he has judged no one, nor has sought to be released through judgment from what judgment must impose. And all the while he is remembering what he forgot when judgment seemed to be the way to save him from its penalty. Let's do Brian and Nathan. Let's have you guys jump in first here. It's interesting how this is like being bad to yourself is what the big takeaway that I'm getting here. So like uh, in uh, paragraph 62 towards the end and also middle top of the page, if you're in the book that I'm in, so must he judge not and he will waken. And then the last sentence judge not because you make yourself a part of evil dreams where idols are your true identity and your salvation from the judgment laid in terror and a guilt upon yourself. So you judge yourself for not having that car, that house, my particular current judgment that I'm crucifying myself with and the whole thing that will save my entire life is if I had a husband. So that's my judgment, right? So if that happened, then I would be just everything, then I'd be whole, right? So it's interesting that then if you jump over to uh, chapter, paragraph 69, whenever you feel fear in any form and you are fearful if you do not feel a deep content, a certainty of help, a calm assurance heaven goes with you, be sure you made an idol and believe it will betray you. For beneath your hope that it will save you lie the guilt and pain of self-betrayal and uncertainty so deep and bitter that the dream cannot conceal completely all your sense of doom. So it really, I think, paints a picture of how judgment jumps to fear, of some kind of unworthiness or unfullness or unsensible longing. And so that then we reach the outside to feel that wholeness again. And so what's it's so it's, I don't know, it's like peeling back on an, and lay, the layers of an onion, right? So you, you can start to look like, well, I clearly I'm looking at something else. Oh, but this is part of the why I'm looking at something else. And this is part of what I've done to do something else. Mm-hmm. Back to that wholeness we, we talked about earlier, I guess that just kind of struck me. Um, and it, and the, the thing about the toys even struck me. Like, oh, so if you had your toy, you'd be okay? No, 
that's not that's not how it works. It reduces that that idea. I don't know. That's where I am, guys. Well, I, I think it's trying to remind us again. Uh, it's talking so much about more, you know, more, more, more. We know that's the mantra, the flag of ego. This one is the forgiving dream. Uh, it, it's reminding us, isn't it, again and again and again, that we are the dreamer of the dream. You know, we are the cause of the dream. We're not the, you know, getting it in the right order again. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and that's what we seem to have a knack for forgetting. And we think then that the, the world is cause and it can really affect me. And, it, you know, the lessons are pretty clear, aren't they? The world is completely neutral. It has only meaning that I give it. My belief system, concepts, that's the only thing it really has. And if I forgive it, if I realize then that I'm just seeing things ass backwards as always, you know, I can easier let go. For me, these simple words, judgment is an injustice to God's son, just means everything. Because as long as I judge, I am desperately miserable. And when I let it go, I have so much peace and joy and just a calm that's just beyond anything I have ever known because I've always judged. I've never known that calm. Um, I just, <laughs> and I love what uh, Benjamin said last week, judgment is so fatiguing. <laughs> that I, it stayed with me all week, and I realized how tired I was because as I went through that house, you know, judge, 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 every photograph, every... I was worn out, and as soon as I let that go, um, I, I started getting all this energy. Anyway, for me, the, the judgment is so destructive. It just, it has, it will ruin my life, and letting it go is just beyond calming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah, funny. funny. Everybody now we're talking about that. I want to say two days ago. I forgot when it was late last week. But yeah, because we were both like, man, we're tired. And I, I looked at him and I said, you know, we're both in judgment somewhere, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, so, um, and we were. We were having a rough day and we were frustrated with our presenters. And, you know, it was just all this, you know, like, oh, man. Uh, I kicked my butt last week. Um, but it was interesting, Brian, what you were saying. It just reminded me kind of what I was talking about on the lingering illusion. Um, you know, that definitely, it's, it's like, you know, I look at you and I'm like, you know, you got this incredibly handsome profile picture on Zoom. You look like you're fairly successful. I think you're pretty much self-employed. Yeah. You seem like you got good friends. Well, I would be like, he, he's got going. You know? <laughs> I know. And you beat yourself up for not having a husband because you're looking outside for that one thing you don't have. Um <laughs> I just thought, yo, that's the same way I am. It's like everybody's like, oh, man, you, know, you used to be a federal agent. You've got your own apartment. You've been, you know, successful since you've been divorced. You've got da 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 And I'm like, but dang it, I don't have this one. <laughs> you know, and it's, it's just crazy how much we look at. It's like the one thing we don't have is the one thing outside ourselves that we start judging our value by. Yes. Yes. It is so true. It is so true. My God. And it's such a setup. And it's such a setup. It's, it's a, a setup I've created. 
Because you don't get it, and the next day you have a, then you have the hangover. Okay, well now I have that. So now, <laughs> now it's the next thing, right? So then, <laughs> as long as you perceive that lack in your life, you'll stay separated from God. Mm-hmm. That's well, so, you keep seeking, that's so true. You never, you never. I forgot how this says. You keep seeking, but you never get. That's the ego. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Seek, seek, but do not find. <laughs> yeah, seek, but do not find, right. Mm-hmm. Keeping the proper category, it, it, is it what we want or is it what we need? <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Well, Nathan, do me a favor. Hmm. Read the introduction. It's one paragraph for the new beginning. Mm-hmm. Before, before we do, I, like, uh, let me mention what... what Susan was saying the judgment again, because this is what this whole book is all about, judgment, forgiveness. Okay, it, it, this world set up, you cannot not judge, you know? So there's no beating ourselves up for it, because that's just the way this duality is set up. It's this or that. So there again, where is the exit ramp out of this, that interstate judgment, you know, which is what we're on, you know? Uh, I'm sensing that the exit ramp is not in the head again. I know I've been on that uh, soapbox for quite a while. That thinking psychological mind of ours is the cause of everything that is unpleasant. Mm-hmm. And that would include judgment, of course, too, which is the base of it, of it all. So if we really are going to focus on it, it's not going to be with these eyes. We're going to have to find another exit ramp you know, that's not had in the head, nothing to do with those thoughts and whatnot. So I'm just going to leave that on the table for myself and anybody else that might want to partake. So we're going to read the new beginning, uh, Reverend Kelly, is that what you said? Yeah, you're going to read the intro. It's just one paragraph. For some reason, it's on today's reading, so so be it. All right. (laughs) The new beginning, no head. Yeah, okay. The new beginning now becomes the focus of the curriculum. The goal is clear, but now you need specific methods for the speed by which you reach depends on this one thing alone, your willingness to practice every step. Each one will help a little every time it is attempted, and together will these steps lead you from dreams of judgment to forgiving dreams and out of pain and fear. They are not 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 new to you, but they are more ideas than rules of thought to you as yet. So now we need to practice them a while until they are the rules by which you live. We seek to make them habits now, so you will have them ready for whatever need. How exciting! (laughs) Brian, since you were the first to talk up there, I I said to myself, whoever talks first is doing the closing prayer. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> like responsibility. And then we can all talk afterwards if anybody wants to talk about this more, but... Okay. Um, dear God, dear God, dear Heavenly Father, dear Holy Spirit, we are grateful for the opportunity to be together today and for the seeming health of everyone together today and for falling upon our minds as we dig deeper into this work. Um, maybe go into our day following the light and knowing the truth and the wholeness of ourselves. And when we continue to spread that upon all who we interact with in the entire day and we thank you. And so it is. Amen. 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 Thank you, everybody. Thank you, you guys.
Thank you. Thank you for showing up. Wait, I have a question, Reverend Kelly. Yes. Is there some way, I remember I read something in the contract, you guys will not care about this, by the way. I think I read somewhere in like the rules or whatever. Is there a way to pay for like a bunch at once so that it's cheaper? Is there some secret little rate that I remember reading about or did I make that up? The secret little rate is if you become a supporting member, uh -huh. meaning that you do a monthly donation to the CMC, then the classes are cheaper. Which means okay, cool. Can I find it on, is all that online on the sign-up pages and stuff? Yeah, so if you were to do $30 a month, then your class for 10 weeks would be $95 instead of 120. Mm -hmm. You're still spending more, but you get the class cheaper. Right. All right. I will. Remember, and we send you. We send you the Miracles Monthly Magazine. You get a birthday card. You get a Christmas card. You get 10% off the bookstore. And we just think our Supreme members are great because they send us money monthly. All right. All right. Well, I will, how do I have to make, what do I have to do to do it? Um, call, call me later. Cause I have to get your credit card so I can set it up. Okay. Um, and I don't want to be like driving around with your credit card in hand. <laughs> <laughs> I hate doing that. Okay, um, but yeah, just give me a call. Um, are you able to call me today? Could I take a picture of it and text it to you? And we can pretend that never happened. That would totally work. Okay. The only question is, would you prefer to be a supporting member or be on the healing team, which the healing team means you would commit to praying for our prayer list daily. I'm going to stick with supporting member because I want to be honorable to my commitments. Got it. Perfect. Yeah, just text me that and then I will um, process it probably today and I'll send you some info. I'm taking the photo now. I assume it'll have to be for next month though, right? Because haven't I already done or whatever? Like, does, how does it work since I've already paid? Do you know what I mean? Well, yeah, for the class, well, the supporting member will start this month on the okay. fall. Got um, it. And actually, we just sent out Miracles Monthly, which is our monthly publication yesterday. Yay. So I will send you a copy of that um, today. Uh, so I'll actually register you today, but then it'll, the pledge will start next. It'll, the monthly will start this month on the 12th. And then whenever okay. classes do, then I discount your next classes. All right. Don't stress over any of the actions you just described because I'm okay with any of those things happening at whatever pace is going to make it graceful for you. Thank you. Aww. All right. Bye, you guys. Get it done before Bye. vacation. Okay. Bye, Brian. Bye. Bye. <laughs> uh, Reverend Kelly, I'm going to I'm going to contact you after I get um, my call tomorrow from um, the person from Jennifer Hatley's office. Oh, okay. Um, just to let you know how it went. Um, but I already signed up for it, but they call you anyway. Um, so I am, I'm going to I'm going to talk to someone tomorrow. But like, thanks for that insight information. Yeah, it, and it like really will help me. Yeah, and they'll send you like her journal workbook thing. I mean, it's Thick. you know don't don't yikes don't i mean freak <laughs> out over it a lot of it's blank pages too and it's like if you fill it in you fill it in if you don't don't stress okay yeah. okay um yeah okay i just have to remember what you said and not to stress over it and and to stress over do it. what i can't if it gets to be too much you know just acknowledge that i'll tell you i took two years to finish the one-year program because, because i did i did january where in december Mm -hmm. And then, like in September, I was like, I can't do this anymore, and I quit. And then the following year, I signed up for like the last four months, <laughs> which I don't know if that's kosher or not. But I was just like, I, I just couldn't do it, you know. You know what? That that um, some of the people who spoke after taking taking the Masterful Living, 
um, you know, the people on the videos, right. um, they, uh, one oh. of the, that German guy, it took him two years. It took him two years to go through the car. So I'm like, um, I'm hoping, I mean, I'm not hoping to fly by it. Um, if it takes two years, it takes two years because two years are going to go by anyway. So <laughs> I'd yeah. rather be doing it at my own pace and not stressing yeah. out over it. So, um, and I don't know, you know, what's going on with my niece's children. So like, you know, I may have some, some things going on inside my household and awesome. I would just like not to stress about it or I got to get this done in a year or, you know, I don't know what, I mean, so <laughs> I like to just not stress about it. Um, but, um, I am going to sign off now because um, my mom needs some pain medication. I'm going to run it over to her um, right now. So um, thank you so much. This was truly wonderful. Um, I look forward to um, sharing some with you and you, Jack, um, about our, our little book. <laughs> I'm looking forward to having some dialogue with you about that. Because, yeah, I, uh, think, I think you're the one who ordered it, ordered right? It, right? Do I? Somebody ordered it. I'm going to ship it out tomorrow. Was that you? I think that was you. Well, I ordered three of them. So yeah. uh, it's okay. going to ship tomorrow. So it'll be on the way. Oh, it's a wonderful gift. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, the only reason I don't have my other one right now is that I gave it to my daughter. So, uh, <laughs> so I'm, not, I'm not able to continue reading until I get it back. Okay. I was talking to Lydia earlier and I was telling her there's a, a part in the the Roman numeral section that I, I want to kind of review a little bit more in depth. Oh, write me about it. Yeah, I will, and I'll, I'll share it with you guys. Yeah. Uh, because uh, I think it's pretty important. Yeah, you know what? Um, since I'm always trying to shove things at Jim, do you recommend that I get this for him for Christmas? <laughs> no. I would just offer it. I would just offer it to him to, to read it if he wants to, since yeah. you have you know, yeah. you can you can put it on a common table somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think I think I will. I think I'll just have it um, downstairs on the the island and see if he'll just gonna, pick it up. I was going to say since you since you've already got a, an idols table somewhere. You know. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry about that. <laughs> Jack. Okay. You were saying that, Jack, and I'm like, and Jack, how many how many versions of the course do you have? Oh. <laughs> Is that any different than my little statues and crystals? Many. Many. <laughs> uh, it, it, it's amazing. You know, when you were saying that, Lydia, I, I got to think about it. Well, you know, if you, if you had a table of sharing, you know, we just shared books that you're reading right now, that might be kind of interesting to have. Yeah. I, I, uh, actually, I think I, I'd like to do that. Um, we do have a common table downstairs, and um, I I, I would like to like just lay a book there and, and see if someone yeah. picks it up because Jim loves to read. He can't pass by a book that unless he opens it and looks. <laughs> you know, this whole thing about idols, um, it, it really helped me at my last garage sale. <laughs> and I thought about the thing about you're doing on Fridays, you know, when you, when you put stuff out and, uh, and I went back and, and I was reading this, this section nine that we were, reading today where it says idols are made meaning our brother may be replaced mm -hmm. no matter what their form 
And it is this which never is perceived and recognized. We just, we just don't acknowledge it. Be it a body or a thing, a place, a situation, or a circumstance, an object owned or wanted, mm-hmm. or a right demanded or achieved, it's all the same. <laughs> They're just idols. It and, is and I, all the same. I, yeah, and I, 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 when I was doing my last garage sale, and I, I had a great garage sale because I was able to get rid of some of my stuff. Because <laughs> I, I thought, you know, I've been holding on to this for years. You know, I've been holding on to this, holding on to that. I don't really need that. I, what am I doing with it? You know, I'm just making it an idol of some sort. So, I mean, that's kind of a an egotistic way to look at things, but uh, at the idol part. But it just helped. It helped, I guess, kind of that how many things I look at it and kind of make idols out of. And I've just tried to start getting away from that. I mean, I did it too. I, I probably still do it. Wait. Jack, Jack, it did help me. I mean, what Susan was telling me about having to go through all yeah. 8,000 square feet and um, it, and I was thinking all these things I hold on to, like um, Reverend Kelly, I have a lot of malas mm-hmm. from my Buddhist practice. So like, Malas of every kind, expensive ones, um, ones from, you know, made in Nepal. I mean, just like all sorts. And I'm thinking, I use a simple bodhisattva mala when I do my chants and have used the same one for years. What are all these malas for? I mean, seriously, it doesn't make you more Buddhist or anything. Yeah. You just have some malas. So, like, um, um, today I'm making, making, I'm making a plan to get rid of some of them. Well, and remember, you know, we give it all the value it has. Mm-hmm. That's what it comes down to. Uh-huh. We give it all the value it has. And the thing is, like, what's, what's Buddhist about me is in here. Yeah. It's not this mala um, that I never wear, but it looks good and I like it. <laughs> Well, you know, sometimes we need things around like that to, to just help us remind us till we get past it. You had mentioned something earlier, Lydia, that, that kind of caught my attention was that you had said that you used certain things for, for this or that. And, but I, and I thought, well, once you've got it ingrained in your mind and, and it just becomes part of you, mm-hmm. what value does it have anymore? Okay, it doesn't. Yeah. And you'll probably get rid of it. It doesn't have any value. Well, you give it all the value at the moment mm-hmm. that it has. I and got the information from it. And, you know, one of my idols, one of, one of the idols that, like, I did not give up till just recently um, was motherhood. I've always wanted to be a mother. And then I had these kids, these foster kids. And, whoa, I mean, eight months old and five and a half. And I'm like, I'm... I, I said, whoa, whoa. This, this was an experience. It was a wonderful experience. And I got to know the children really well. And I am so happy I am part of their lives. And this, this was it for me. It, it got me fixed. I mean, <laughs> actually, it, it did. I got to get up in the middle of the night, change diapers, um, walk until my legs were sore, um, carry, a, 
carry a kid in a carrier and try to like, run after a five-year-old. And, and it, yeah, it, it all did it for me. And it was the most amazing experience. So but, it was just an experience. It wasn't permanent. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It wasn't permanent. It's um, because the children are in the process of being reunited with. with oh, okay. Yeah, I was going to say, how did that go? Yeah. Um, it is still ongoing, but the thing is, I spoke with, I, I um, am a personal chef, and I actually did some cooking for the assistant attorney general, so he recused himself from the case so he wouldn't be on it, but he told me that in this instance, he said it is so rare that they will take children away from their mother under these circumstances, so hmm. the thing is, they are going to be reunited with Jasmine, um, and they're in the process of being reunited with Jasmine. But the courts, you know how it is. It how did takes it long. Um, it it's still ongoing well, because the prosecution, mm -hmm, the prosecution um, did not get to um, their their witnesses didn't show up. Yeah, isn't that funny? Uh, the, the attending physician didn't show up. The social worker at the hospital didn't show up. And the daycare worker didn't show up. So That's interesting because a lot of times they would be... Don't, like, I mean... If, if the prosecution isn't ready, the courts are not usually inclined to continue it. So that's... Yeah, and surprising. you know what the judge was... The judge was leaning towards dismissing the case. Yeah. I but I and and I'm just sorry she didn't because um, we're going to be back in court on February 28th. So this is actually going into 2018. Right. Um, but the um, I have to tell you that like I'm spending so much time with the children now that they're getting a very good sense of having a lot. I mean, having a lot of support from Jim and myself and Jasmine. Um, so I, I just think that this experience was a blessing because I didn't get to spend much time with the kids when, when Jasmine was just raising them on her own. Yeah. And now I get to spend a lot of time with them. You put you um, in kind of a, uh, there's those opportunities for the growing attachments. Yeah. And that's, that's difficult on everybody. Yeah, it is. It is very difficult, but um, we've developed a relationship with um, the the caseworker. Is like Jasmine's biggest supporter next to me. She wants her, Jasmine's children back with her. She's willing to do anything. She actually comes anywhere so that we can all be together. And it's it's really wonderful. I get to see the children on. Thursday, and um, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. But like this was this was definitely motherhood for me. And it was amazing. And I, I am so thankful for it. Um, the actual thing of motherhood, I didn't know what I was. I didn't know what I was asking for. <laughs> now I know what I truly wanted was to just be a part of raising children. Mm. Mm. Actually, having children does not hold that doesn't hold that fascination for me anymore. It's like 
being with children has is, is it. It. <laughs> you want to put some limitations on it at this point yeah yeah um <laughs> <laughs> so um, I, I am going to I'm going to like uh, get together some medication for my mom and like run it over to her so um, she can get through this Thursday. So um, I will sign off now. Um, it was it's been lovely. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, I'll be in touch. Thanks for sharing. <laughs> bye bye. Bye. Uh, oh yeah, I'm looking forward to getting those books. Uh, I'm, yeah. Like I said, I'm I'm going to a, that numer Roman numeral section. There's a a part in there that really caught my eye hmm. on it, and uh, I'll share it. Yeah, mm -hmm. I'm gonna um, prep them today, and then Tony mm -hmm. should ship them tomorrow. So yeah, I'll send you the track okay. today, so yeah. you can track it after today. Yeah, excellent, excellent. Well, I'm yeah. looking forward to getting them. I kind of miss them. It's on the back of my mind constantly right now. Kind of wish I would have held off on giving it to them, but I, I just kind of respond to the need at the moment. So, I've done that every so often. I'm like, oh, oh yeah, that that book I really wanted to read, I don't have anymore. <laughs> oh mercy! What's funny is we're discussing this. I'm like, actually, I was in my books are probably more my idols than everything on my meditation area. Because yeah. I'm like, I could give away a, I could give away one of my figurines. I could give away some of my crystals. Oh yeah. And I'll tell you, I have the worst time giving up any of my books. Yeah. Well, there isn't anything that we can't, you know, that, that's that we possess or, or claim as ours uh, yeah. it, that we can't do without because yeah. it's all it's all here. <laughs> yeah, but I, I have about five shelves of books. Yeah. I've, I've got three shelf bookcase in here, and I got more books out in the in the living room. Yeah. I'm like, you know, I'm like, hang hey, on to them if I think. Yeah. We'll, all, we'll only hold on to them as long as we see value. I mean, exactly. So. We're done with that evaluation. We no longer need them. So. Yeah. Uh, I just always thought that was interesting because of, of how I have responded to that whole idea of buying things and keeping them and yeah. or using them for for the idle type situation. Mm -hmm. And, and see, ever since I've gotten into the course and started journaling and things like that, I, I, I let go. Yeah. So many, uh, these wants to possess this or possess that, you know, and, and I, I never could see, I mean, I talked to people about the colors, the, the crystals, the, you know, and all those other things. And, and I think that there's, I think there's really neat value in this experience, you know, to those, um, yeah. as long as, as long as we feel like we need them, you know, yeah. but, but, uh, and I would even say, I don't feel like I need them. I just yeah. find that they've been supportive. Sure. Exactly. And I, I wish we would have brought that up on the, on yeah. just being supportive. Uh, I think we did in a way anyway. I think we did in a way. It wasn't worded that way, but yeah. yeah. I think it was. That would have been a better word for it, I think. <laughs> uh, well, I've got to get over and help my daughter move today. Okay. I'm returning my computer that I bought to do my job until they figure out if I'm going to have a job or I <clears throat> figure out if I want to have a job at this point. Um, well, I thought
Oh, wait, you broke up. Broke up. Okay. I thought it was interesting that you had already decided that you were going to move, and then they gave you this opportunity, which I thought was great, too. And yeah. then they just pulled the rug out from under you on that, and it's like, well, you're back to where you were. <laughs> I'm back to where I was. It was just one of those, you know, it's, and I said, yeah, it was like I got excited. I started putting anticipation and plans together. I was looking at buying a condo sooner than I had planned. Da, 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 da. And so then it was like, you know, and, and they're still like, well, well, you might, we might still keep you. But I'm like, I don't, I kind of don't want to play that game. I, well, I don't blame you. That's so, that can be so nerve wracking if, if you let it, you know, but. Well, it's not even the nerve wracking. It feels like, well, we'll keep you as long as nothing else comes around. And I'm like, you know, there are some board members who I know do not feel that way. There are some board members who are very adamant that they want me staying no matter what. But if certain other key members are like, well, we'll keep you just because there's nothing else. I'm like, that's not necessarily the energy I want to work with. So I don't, I'm going to return the computer because it's a thousand plus dollars. And I'm like, I don't want to have a thousand plus dollars out that I can't return in a couple of weeks. Really? I mean, um, it's a shame that they're not all together on it because I know I, I mentioned that that you uh, you might be leaving to Elizabeth and and she said and she said I don't think that's going to work. <laughs> you know, I don't know how they're going to get along without her. <laughs> well, and that's what some of the board members say. And and right now yeah. it, it's I know who they're considering, and yeah. I, I know them well. I mean, I've never met them in person, but I I know I know the I know the people pretty well. I don't see them fitting in here or fitting in San Francisco. But, um, um, and like I said, I partially a reaction to fear, but you know, I, I gotta see what I'm guided to do given. Well, like you're saying, if Tony is, if Tony is just real fidgety about any kind of thing that rocks the boat, you know, then that, yeah, that can, Very fidgety. He, I think he's just putting you through a lot of, a lot of stuff he doesn't need to be doing right now, but yeah that can wait until, you know, the board has actually had a chance to discuss it instead of him telling you something like that. I thought that's. The whole thing was really weird, honestly. Um, here, hold on. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, only by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.